0: Thomas, Thomas shared with me that his wife is a worship leader and she's going to lead us in a song, right? Okay, so you're, you're a monk's family, so just cut loose, have fun, enjoy yourself in the Lord. Yeah, I know she's got a song that's going to bring down the house. So, so bless you guys. It's so good to have... Now, I, I got a little, a, little, a little more formal introduction. I was so touched by Thomas... Um, Uh, Last week, you know, it's amazing Zoom, you know, we can touch, we can contact, speak with people all over the world. Well, we got to have a Zoom party and uh, with Thomas as well. And um, and because I really I wanted to I wanted to know my brother's heart. I wanted to hear deep what is inside of him, his passion and to hear his heart for how he's really taking on the mantle really of your mother in caring for the widows in Africa was extraordinary. And I didn't fully understand the plight and the struggle of widows and orphans in, in, your, in Obaga. Obaga. Um, and it really was so moving to my heart that they're really doing the works of Jesus. And they're really reaching those that um, have been forgotten or are like, seen as outcasts and your heart is going to them so I was so blessed by his heart for those in Kenya that uh, they are really touching with Jesus so I honor you brother I'm looking forward to hearing more and sister I'm looking forward to helping us lead us in worship now so oh yeah, yeah 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 you can have three
1: The first song will teach you how to dance the African way. Then we'll do one worship. (laughs) So you have to know to do this. So (laughs) stand (laughs) up. So it has to be this
2: leg. So it has to do this. Okay. One, three. One, three. One. Yeah. Oh, can you go up here? (laughs) Dennis, where are you?
3: 1 2
1: One, 1 2 And then you swing 1 2 1 2 oh, uh, One. I don't got it Why? Give me lomba. One watio you? Give me lomba, give One watio. you, nengima. Give lomba. One what you. Give me a nengima. One hero Jesus hero Jesus
2: Americans don't have rhythm. (laughs) Thank you.
1: Now we're going to worship the Lord. And the next song says that those who put their trust in God shall inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah. Everyone to my inyo to my inyo everyone to my inyo bwana watapata everyone to my inyo to my inyo Everyone to my inyo bwana watapata mama to my to my to Baraka, I want to my inyo bwana. I want to my inyo bwana. Everyone want to my bwana. Watapata baraka. Everyone want to my inyo bwana. Wam tu mai ni obana, eri wam tu mai ni obana. Watapata baraka
3: bawa
1: binguni <coughs> <coughs> Lord daku na Hakuna kama we we mm. babababa binguni. Ba, Holo rakuna kama we we babababa binguni. Hakuna kama
2: you Good good morning let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you this morning I bless your holy name for your goodness for your love and peace and Masvela's well gift of, ma- of life, not by might, nor by power, can we do all this. But by your Holy Spirit, we are who we are, take over and control. I thank you for these dear ones. Use me, talk to them, to the glory of your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Buana asifiwe. You say amen. amen. Jambo. Yeah. yeah, I think that is most uh, <laughs> um, understood by many of you. Now, I thank God and his servant, Sam, for the opportunity to come and minister and also to share um, uh, God's word. And of course, what he's doing in Kenya. My name is Thomas Agutu. From Kenya. Kenya is a country in East Africa um, with a population of almost fifty-two thousand fifty-two million. Um, We have forty no forty-two tribes. We have forty-two tribes speaking different languages, but we speak Swahili as our national language, English as an official language. So that shows you how amazing that country is. In the U.S., you only speak, I think, one. In Kenya, every time you see a Kenyan, the chances or the possibility that he's speaking three languages is very high. Like me, I speak Luo, where Obama's father comes from. That is where I come. Do you know Obama's father? You have heard about Obama, yeah? Yes. So I speak Luo, I speak Swahili, I speak English, all of them perfectly. I want this morning to share with you what God is doing. I'm born again Christian, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Um, myself, I'm a village boy. I was Born in a village uh, called Obaga um, years ago. I'm married by one wife. The reason why I talk of one, in Africa, you're, you're allowed to marry 10, 20, or 30 women. But I'm married by one wife, <laughs> three children, and uh, I thank God for that. I grew up in a village. As a young boy, I could travel far, like three, four miles away to go to school. I am in a family of ten siblings. I'm the second last born. And when I was growing up, I was the only one who was staying with my mother. My father was out there looking for how he could get money to take care of us. But the rest was staying with my father. The reason why, I did not know. I used to ask my mother why, but he did not, or he could not answer me. Every time he could even go to visit my father, once we are through with what took us there, then he was like, Thomas, let's go back home. So I stayed with my mother for years and years before it was time for me to go and um, look for ways uh, because I'd grown up and had finished my education, that is in primary level and high school. So I grew up seeing my mother doing so much, especially to women, and, we, and uh, uh, particularly widows. I used to ask myself why he was doing that. He was either a chair lady of a a widow group, or a secretary, or a treasurer. This she did for quite so many years, and my mother was recognized even by the government of what excellent work she was doing, and could be given seeds, to distribute to the women. And she was doing that as a volunteer for free. And so uh, this she did until my mother was not able to do it anymore when she was diagnosed with arthritis. It means she was down and she was down with that disease for almost 28 years before she died. What I'm leading, you people too, is how did all this start? Because I ask myself, how did I get involved in all this? Why widows and orphans? But again, I wish uh, you'd put James 1, 26 on the screen, to 27. I would like it to be there as I talk. So, Um, when I was or I became um, like now I knew God from 96 I got born again and I gave up my life to Christ and I started now getting to understand who God is when it comes to widowed I understood my mother and God also made me understand in Kenya Widowhood is, being a widow is a grave, you may say, a grave mistake that should not happen to you. And especially in our culture, that is the lure. When a husband dies, you lose almost everything. When husband die, most of these women are accused of killing their husbands there is always something that they talk about that is attached to it. So, widows go through all sorts of problems in our culture. The outdated culture has destroyed many families. In the late 90s, HIV killed quite a number of men. The research shows that men die faster than women. when it comes to uh, HIV issues. Men die faster, I think because of, they would not like to share their status until it is too late. But women tend to come out or open up very fast. And therefore, we lost quite a number of men. And in our, these, I came to understand, even deeply, As we were going around in many villages, evangelizing in with with one of the ministries that we had called Keto, which my brother there is a member, though he is now staying in 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 U.S. from South Carolina. You'll get to know him. He's called. uh, He had that we around, and he came to say hi to us. So we were serving in that ministry. doing door-to-door evangelism. I realized quite a number of homes were literally closed because almost everybody could be... They have died, and the children have been taken by other nearby uh, either neighbors or distant relatives. So the rate of widowed increased in our land. And therefore... Again, culture fighting them. Because when you are a widow, you are forced to remarry by your in-laws. They are the ones to decide for you who are you are remarrying. And in most cases, if you remarry, you had to remarry one of your in-laws. So they are also outdated... Uh, or cultural practices, or rituals that goes with death. Before you get remarried, there are rituals that you have to do, or you have to practice. In some homes, you will find you are forced to have sex with a person that you don't love or you don't like. Sometimes their hair is shaved like mine. Even if it is long, like some of you have the long hair, one of the rituals they have to go through is to shave your hair clean. So you ask yourself why they were doing all this. And so there are a lot of um, cultural practices that goes with widowed. And as they do this, if it happens that your husband uh, had properties like land, Maybe a car. Some people could have a car. You find these people taking away all that you have because the in-laws believe that that was their brother. So they they are entitled to whatever he had. You as a widow, you came with nothing. So they take away all such kind of things. Sometimes they do that and you have children. So you find some widows remaining with children but they have nothing to feed these children. So these children, their future becomes, you know, not right, or they cannot make it in life because either everything had been taken away from them. So in 2013, the vision came live. And I could see my mom was now down and I realized what my mom used to do. And I read the Bible of what God talks about, widowed and orphaned. And this is why James 1, uh, 26 and 27 is so live to me. Whereby it talks of, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, and yet does not brave, bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. 27. A pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. So even God must have known that probably these widows, there's something that would be going through. In uh, such villages like our village, I got convinced that as a Christian, how do I serve? How would I serve God? There are so many ways. We are branches, and it's the tree, and we are his, its branches. And therefore, the branches, each and every one of us, we are required by God to be fruitful. How? Some is doing it by being a pastor. Others are doing it by being, blessing others by being worshippers, like my wife. Me, I said, God, I'm ready to be an ambassador for these women. Um, my fellow brothers and sisters, I've seen it all because I'm a man and I want to fight for the rights, and I'm fighting a culture, a culture that has been rooted because they're asking how? You as a man, how can you come and start destroying our culture? Because as we fight for them, there are so many testimonies. And I have my dear, I call dear mom because God connected me with her She's called Mama Dex from Jasper United Methodist Church. That is um, Thomas' mother in law, who happened to have come to Kenya, and God connected us I mean, connected with, uh, me with her. So we shared a lot how best we could do this. So culture is fighting back. But I want to thank God that this day we are not the same, it is not the same as it was. Because the story is changing. The culture is being destroyed. And the women are being recognized again. They were there to be seen, not to be heard. A widow was not allowed to talk in a village meeting. They are not allowed to be, they are there to be be seen, not to be heard. So many things happened to their lives. But today the story is changing. Because I believe that what my mother started, what I told God that I'm ready to take on the baton. And therefore today, when I see the story of these women changing, currently we are working with 600 women or widows. And we have 250 orphans spread all over. One thing I asked myself, how do we change all this? Something also was very clear to me. God told me it is poverty that is making these women. Anybody can do anything with them because they are so poor that whatever any man tells them is what they will do. I happened to come my village is near Lake Victoria. I don't know how many of you have heard about Lake Victoria. So we are coming around Lake Victoria, where there are many fishermen. So during the day, they can go next to the lake, and some of them, there is what we call food for sex, or fish for sex, whereby somebody or a man will tell you, for me to give you any food, You know, you have to obey what I'm telling you. Not just that, but there are so many things that happen to their life. And this is not right. And before God, it is not right. If God is talking about them, that we be with them in distress, then that is the role I was ready to play. So we started the journey. And today... I realized we had to practice what we call an economic empowerment. How could we do this? It was through uh, identifying the projects that they could do as a group. Because there is power. There is power when they are together. So we started farming. So we are using farming as one of the ways we want to change their lives. We said we don't have water because there are villages which are far from Lake Victoria. And if you want also to do farming, we needed water. So a friend came, just like I'm meeting you now or today. A friend came and saw what they're going through and said, I'm going to buy land for these women. So we bought a small piece of land for farming. Another friend came, I would like to put, um, give you water, a pumped water from Lake Victoria up to where the village is. So we have water that was brought up to the village and we, they are now doing farming. So we are said, we have to get involved in projects that can change the lives of the whole village so that they can be recognized and this one of them is the feeding program that we are doing for all the kids or the children in the school within the village. They are not discriminating whose child, but they are feeding all the children. Whether you are an orphan or not an orphan. So this changed the story. When we also brought water, the water does not belong to the widows only. Water is for everybody. This has made the whole community or the village Recognize the widows by saying this is their project If we are against them They will take away the project and we are not going to get water right now They are accepted because of this project Once in a while with the teams when the teams come we do a free medical camp for everybody this has made these women to be recognized and say, they are very important to us because of the projects that we are doing with them. So we are looking at water and sanitation. We are looking at education. Education is very key because the continuity of these projects or these families relies on the children that we are currently educating. We have done almost, we are at 35 in high school uh, we have a huge or big support from some of our friends from uh, Jasper United Methodist Church. And we still have more. This year, we, were not, we had almost 19 to go to high school, but only three managed to get sponsorship. So we are still looking for those who can be involved. We have gone further and said, the only thing we can do for these widows is to focus on their children too. Because we have done a lot of empowerment on them. But the children need to be empowered. We, God blessed us. Somebody gave us a fully built school, which had been built before, but it was abandoned for almost eight years. So we went and started a school, which is now specifically for, we, we were looking at, focusing on the children that belongs to these women or with these widows. But how are we to do this? We were to start a school that would be a boarding school. Because the life of these kids when they are young, what they go through, again, is so much such that we wanted to bring them into a facility and we bring teachers or experts that would be able to train them the Christian way, and also have a good education. This is what we are doing currently. And that uh, I would like to all of us to get involved in all that we are doing, if it is possible. May God talk to you, because at a cost of $55, we are able to, $55 per month, we are able to put them in school, And that's for a cost of $660, we can keep them there for a whole year. So at the high school level, more or less the same amount of money. But what I'm saying is we are focusing on the future because God has done so much in our midst. And this is why we have invited this church and we are inviting Uh, Members of this church, there are so many ways you can serve God. And I'm very happy and excited that your pastor has said, here I am. I am ready. And I want to believe that God is going to do something through your pastor and the members that have offered to come to Kenya. It is not only by coming, but you can support the team that is coming to Kenya. That one, you shall have done something for the Lord. Otherwise, I would like to share with you a clip of just to see what God has been able to do. I like talking about the good things other than the bad things because we are from far. God has done so much. And this, you can only be able to be a witness when you come. How will you know if you don't come? Yeah. Let's see. to God alone be the glory. Amen. Thank you.
0: Bless you. So so our church is going to be uh joining uh Thomas and his wife in um Kenya in March yes. or late February beginning or yeah, end of February 22nd to... February
2: 22nd.
0: To March... To March the 8th. To March the 8th. Yes. And so there's still an opportunity for anybody that uh, can come, they can yes. still come. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so we're going um, to be making homes for the widows because when they've lost their husbands, they've lost everything. So we're going to be making mud huts, mud homes. Mm-hmm. You saw them up there. Yeah. We're going to be having... Um, uh, infirmaries or medical clinics. Medical clinic. Yeah, and then we're taking care of the orphans. We're feeding them, caring mm. for them, and yeah. we get to go on a safari.
2: Yes. So Finally, you will have to see. I mean, more about Kenya safari. So it is not just being in the mission field, but when you are finished, the last three days when you are there, when we need to go for safari, you have all the time now to share all that God has been able to do or see, show you um, in the field before you come back to to us. Amen. Yeah. So.
0: Well, I, I'm very excited about yeah. going. I think it's going to be a fantastic trip. Yeah. I think the Lord's heart is. How wondering.
2: many are coming?
0: Uh, everybody's coming, right? Everybody is coming. So, everybody's Everybody coming. Everybody's coming. Everybody get ready. This whole church might come. Thank you. Y'all give him a big hand. Let's uh, thank him for. I promise not to go long, but I just wanted to share that those that are raising support to go, a portion of their money is going to help um, build the, buy the supplies to build the houses. So, um, and actually, the cost of the trip is actually Thomas has done an incredible job getting the cost down. And the total now is close to 3000 3, Okay. Uh, right now, we have about
1: six people signed up to go, Okay. and it's about a little bit over three thousand dollars, including the airfare to go. But if more people decide to go, cost can come down because we're we're spreading it over a little okay. bit more, and we'll probably get it down below three thousand, including air. But
0: which is an amazing price. Trust me, that is like extraordinary. So, thank you, Thomas, for all your hard work. Um I wanted just to share kind of dovetail with what Thomas shared, which you did an excellent job. Thank you for sharing. Um in James one, chapter one, verse twenty one through twenty-two, um I want to read this scripture to you. And um James one twenty one, therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves what is what James is trying to capture here is that our actions must correspond with your believing if you're going to receive something from God the actions of your life have to be evidence or fruit of what you are believing in your heart in what God is saying in his word it's basically you're putting feet to what you believe. You're putting action to it. And so in that, if, if our actions don't line up with what we hear in God's word, then really he's saying you're deluding yourself. You're deceived. If you're, if you're, if you're not living out what you believe and you're putting uh, feet to it. And so, I so I'm so grateful for Thomas And his wife, Merib, who are actually putting actions to what they believe. The scripture says, pure and undefiled religion before the Lord is those who care for widows and orphans. And that's their mandate. So they're actually doing something about it, not just talking about it. And this is so important because we can hear a lot of things. How many sermons have you guys heard over the years? Quite a few. We hear a lot, don't we? Well, how much of that are we doing? How much of that are we responding to and putting action to it and allowing it to really shape our lives? So in that, uh, Matthew 7 verse 24 says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. So what we see here is that the doers are the ones who are doers of the word are the ones that are able to withstand the storms. You know, I always, I I really missed what really Jesus was trying to say in here. I thought, okay, my life is on the rock, who is Jesus. Yes, the the solid foundation from which I stand. But I miss really, I think, the point that Jesus is trying to say here. He's trying to say, He's talking about how different people really can react to storms. And, and how you react to the storm is going to be determined on how much you're really doing what you believe. How much you're really doing what you have, has been gripped in your life. So when the storms of life come to many, which they happen... They can fall or buckle under the pressure of life if they've not been rooted and grounded in God's Word. It's kind of like your foundation. It just doesn't have any ability to hold you. So the problem is that they're not doers of the Word. We're just hearing the Word. So we're not practicing the instruction of what we're hearing in the Word. And it says the Word's not been infused or engrafted, or it's like, becomes so much a part of our life that it's it's expressing itself through our lives. And we're believing it with all of our hearts. So, you know, the same storm and the wind came to both houses. One built on sand, one built on the rock. And the reason that the house built on the sand was destroyed is that it wasn't built on the foundation of God's word. I had a dream, a very profound dream of someone that I love very dearly in this church. And I was walking with them on the beach in the dream. And, uh, and we came up to an old house that had been knocked down by a storm on the beach. And, um, and this individual said to me, hey, let's go ahead and rebuild this foundation. Let's build it back up. This was probably a really nice house. And I said, okay, let's go, ahead. Let's go for it. So we're starting to build the house, and I don't know where this individual got him, but he got rubber bricks. And I looked at him, and I thought, rubber bricks? What are you doing? I said, you don't. we're not going to build this foundation with rubber bricks. We're going to build it with these stone, this nice, strong stone, cinder blocks. And I said, let me show you how. So I, I took down the rubber bricks that he was putting on the foundation of the home, and I put them in these nice cinder blocks. And we were building this home that was going to last for a long time. And I really thought about that. I thought, you know, those blocks that we're putting down, that the effort that we're making are the building blocks of God's word that we stand upon. And that's a wise builder. You're a wise builder when you build your house with God's word. And not upon the sand. Someone who's built their house on the sand. Is somebody who is not listening to the word. Who's not obeying the word. And who listens to the word. But goes on with life as if it was just just a mere discussion. Or a suggestion. But we got to realize. Is that it isn't the storms of life that defeat us. What defeats us is those that hear God's Word week after week after week and they go home, they go get barbecue, they go to the home and they work throughout their week and you're not allowing the Word to capture your heart and live through you so that when you face the storms, you're not defeated. The ones that get defeated are the ones that really aren't believing in acting out God's Word. So in that, I am so, I, I'm so blessed by those in our house that um, some that have been, very, have been tested just by sickness recently. And, and some could have been laid very low in our house while, uh, while they've been going through some very tragic sickness. But I, I, I so respect those in our house that stood on God's word and said, mm-mm, for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. And it isn't over with me yet. I love Jo Jane. She comes down with COVID virus. 100 years old. COVID virus. They, they send her to the hospital. She's there for three days. She said, this place isn't made for me. I'm out of here. My lot is not up. My time is not done. So she preached to all the doctors In the the hospital, she said, Sam, I must have preached to about 20 people. And then she said, all right, take me home. (laughs) She was standing on God's word. She was believing in his word that says, by his stripes, I am healed. She said, Sam, it's not over with for me. There's more things to do. So in that, you're able to stand on his word, even going through difficult adversity. So the way that we make God's Word your own is that you act upon it. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean upon your own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all your ways, and He will make your path straight. The only way that you trust in the the Lord is that you trust in His Word. You trust in what He has said. You're not trusting in yourself, your abilities, your own strength. So Jeremiah 1, 2 says this. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Do you see that? He's watching over his word so that he might perform it in your life. Give him something to work with. He wants to work with His Word through your life so that you might receive the promises. But if you're not believing in the Word, standing on the Word, and acting on the Word, He doesn't have anything to work with. Allow the Word to permeate your life so that it transforms you on the inside out. Begin to allow Him to bless you. He wants to bless you according to His Word. So believe it, speak it, declare it. Walk in it. So when we trust in his word and not in our own reasoning, he gives us ample opportunities to come alongside our side, to bless us, rescue us, help us, and, and to aid us when challenging situations happen. Has anyone ever had a conflict with your wife or your husband? Am I the only one? Okay, some of you are just not being fair. You're you're being sneaky right now. All right, all right, all right. All right, I had a little altercation with my lovely bride recently. I know, I know it's rare, but I did. And I actually was doing something that um, I thought was really nice. And I thought was really kind. But obviously I didn't think through the implications of what I was doing. Well... My wife got pretty upset, very upset. Ah, You know, it was upset. (laughs) And I'm like, what did I just do? Oh, my gosh. And I'm thinking, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be kind, but it just did not go over well. went over like a lead balloon. So I thought, okay. I had a choice. I'm trying to be nice. She's expressing herself to me. I could have responded in several ways. And you know, there's scriptures that go through my mind right then. Jesus says, love one another. Jesus says, love your enemies. No, no. See, not my enemy, no. <laughs> Do not be easily offended. Come to your wives in a humble way. Understanding that she is a weaker vessel. Lest your prayers be hindered. Love your wife as you love yourself. And I'm sitting there. Okay. I have a choice. Am I going to put action to those words that I profess that I believe? Or am I going to choose to deny those words and get offended, get upset, get angry, Or I'm, I can obey the word, stand on the word, and let God bless me through his word and touch my life, touch my marriage, touch my, our beautiful family. I have a choice. Am I going to trust in his word with all of my heart? And I'm not going to lean on, the, on my understanding, which right at that moment I was kind of hurting. I was like, wow, that hurt. But you know what? When I thought about what I did, I thought, wow, I wasn't thinking of the big picture, the implications of what I just did. That was pretty stupid of what I did, you know? I was like, okay, I shouldn't have done that. I didn't think through that one. So sometimes we've got to, as we put action on His Word and we believe it, that's really, that's living out your life according to His Word. And it's putting it into action, It's like when we read the scriptures, it says pure and undefined religion is is caring for widows and orphans. It's not in there just to entertain us. It's in there to really show us that this is a high of importance to God. If you want to do what's important to him, then read what he says and act upon it and believe it. And in that, we're able to be blessed. We are blessed by God when we respond in faith to his word and actually begin to put action to it. So I share this with you because I've, I've been very gripped by the fact that our lives are to really be a billboard for God. Our lives, you know, we drive down the highway, we see these big billboards. You know, they're saying, look at me, look at me. Well, our lives are to be a billboard or to be a witness or a testimony of what we believe. Of what we believe in his word. And our lives are to be an expression of that. To giving honor to our God. And in that he says, okay, now you got, now I got something to work with. Now I can bless you. Now I can turn it around and bless you abundantly. In your life as we trust him. Amen. Amen. So I want you to know that there's still time available. If you want to go on a missions trip. If you want to even give uh, and sow into uh, Thomas Agutu and the mission in Kenya. uh, You can actually give online on PayPal and make a note and give it to the mission, the trip. And we can sow into the work in Kenya. And so um, I'm excited about what God's going to do. I think this is going to be a new chapter for this church that's going to have an unfolding blessing, meaning that this might not be the last time we go. So, all right, so let's all stand. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your word. And Lord, we thank you that your word is a a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, we bless you and praise you that you have given us your word to guide us and lead us and give us life, life forever. So Father, we worship you and praise you and thank you for the work that you're going to do on this mission trip. We thank you for the work that you're going to do in and through our lives as we obey and live out your word and not be hearers only. Father, I pray that you would put salt tablets in the mouths of every person in this room. That we would thirst for your word. As the deer pants for the water brook, so our soul would pant for you, O God. I pray, Father, that our hearts would grow hungry for you. And we would be men and women of your word that obey it and respond to it in faith. And we thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in and through this house. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.